Auto Line Daily is brought to you by Bridgestone, passion for excellence. Dow Automotive Systems, improving durability and increasing design flexibility with Betamate structural adhesives at DowBetamate.com. And by Hyundai. Experience the 2011 Hyundai Sonata today at HyundaiSonata.com. This is AutoLine Daily for December 6, 2010, and now the news. The United States and South Korea signed a free trade agreement over the weekend. It allows U.S. car companies to sell up to 25,000 vehicles a year using U.S. safety standards rather than Korea safety standards. But don't expect this to open up the Korean market very much for cars. Foreign brands, including the Europeans and Japanese, represent a paltry 6% of the South Korean market. You know, South Korea has a history of blocking imported cars. In the past, the Korean IRS conducted tax audits on anyone who bought an import. Last year, car dealers who sell imports had to send the tax authorities the names, addresses, and personal information of anyone who bought an import. Talk about intimidation. On top of that, South Korea now classifies imports in the highest risk category for insurance rates, making them the most expensive. So we're going to have to learn the details of this free trade agreement and see if it deals with these issues. Honda says it's going to drop the element in the American market because it hasn't been selling very well. The boxy crossover just never caught on with the public. Last month, sales were well under 1,000 units. But you know, if they're dropping the element, then you've got to wonder about the ridge line because last month, sales were under 1,000 as well. Even more, what about the Acura RL, which only sold 168 units last month? Or even worse, the brand new Acura ZDX, which only sold 156. It is a complete disaster. On top of that, sales of the company's hybrids, the Insight and CRZ, are doing poorly. People ask me all the time, what about the Crosstour? Well, it hasn't exactly set the world on fire, but it's not doing that bad, or at least not nearly as bad as all the other models I just mentioned. Hey, here's a fascinating development. Chinese automaker BYD, which is backed by billionaire investor Warren Buffett, has canceled plans to introduce an electric vehicle in China, according to Gascu. After doing all its market research and speaking with its dealers, the company decided the infrastructure for EVs in China just isn't ready. In the meantime, the company is shifting its focus to plug-in hybrids and already has one for sale in China. But here's another problem for the green movement. Hybrid sales are extremely weak in the American market. According to Wards, sales are down 7.6% this year compared to last year, even though there are more models to choose from. Sales for both the Civic and Camry hybrids fell 8,000 units compared to last year. On the luxury side, things are even grimmer. Lexus has only sold 112 LS600H hybrids this year, while the BMW 7 Series Hybrid has only sold 80 units. One bright spot, the Ford Fusion Hybrid saw a 40% gain this year, but the numbers are still really small. The Prius still accounts for half of all hybrid sales. And yet, despite the weak sales, automakers plan to introduce more hybrids. 
Porsche pulled out of the Detroit Auto Show nearly four years ago, but the sports car builder is making a comeback. According to Autoblog, the Stuttgart-based automaker is expected to make a big debut in Motown next month. A Porsche spokesman told Bloomberg they'd have something spectacular to show off, but he did not go into detail about what it could be. Some are speculating the company could unveil a production version of the 918 Spider concept that debuted at the Geneva Motor Show last March. Let's hope so, because that's going to be way more exciting than if they introduce the Cajun. Hey, remember the NV? It's GM's idea about what a pod car should be. Designed for megacities like Beijing, London, and New Delhi, it's electrically driven and only seats two people. The company is serious about building this autonomous two-wheeled car, and it's been testing them thoroughly. In an Autoline Daily exclusive, a source inside GM tells us the company has been running them around its tech center in Warren, Michigan for more than a year now. This means this project is much more than just a proof of concept. The company truly wants to sell them. Of course, we have no idea where or when the NV would go on sale, but we can bet on this. Don't expect to see them at your local Chevy dealer anytime soon. Hey, after the break, we'll take a look at how Buick is trying to reach new customers. Buick is in the middle of a product renaissance right now. After decades of neglect, GM is finally sending some resources its way. Its product portfolio is better than ever, but how is the company getting the word out to potential buyers about them? It's trying something very interesting with the new Regal. Craig Cole has more on that. Miami Beach is a playground for the powerful, the wealthy, and the young. And that last part of the equation is key for Buick. The brand is hosting what it's calling a Regal Remix Tour, and it's going around the United States throwing big, bold parties and inviting all kinds of young people to try to expose the brand to them. And if last night's party here in Miami was any indication, this century-old brand is well on its way to improving its demographic. The turnout at this Regal Remix was so good there was barely enough room to move around, let alone set up a camera and tripod. But what really matters to Buick is not how many people showed up, but who showed up. GM is trying to broaden its customer base with these events by introducing the brand to young trendsetters. We've heard a lot of feedback from folks in their 20s and 30s that says something's going on here with the Buick brand and, and we're really impressed. We, we go to auto shows and people say, I can't believe what's going on with Buick. So we're just trying to create that environment and give people the opportunity to come see our product lineup in an open, open environment where they can experience at their leisure. And at least in Miami, the brand seems to be making an impact with younger buyers, a demographic that's largely unaware of Buick. Of course, there's no reason for Buick to leave its traditional customer base behind either. The Miami Edition Regal Remix attracted at least one former buyer who was very pleased with the company's products. I used to have a Buick. I did have a Buick LeSabre. Great car. Great car. I passed it down to my daughter and uh, she loved it too. So uh, 
No, I was very pleased with it. It was, it ran and kept going and going. And of the people that attended this remix, the dealers seemed the most excited about it and the product renaissance that's taking place at Buick. Well, I hope you're seeing the excitement. We have over 2,000 folks that are here today for the Buick Remix. And, uh, you know, it's something that went viral. We went we invited people, and you can see the action here today. When I got here, you saw the line going all around and around the back. You go inside, you see the energy, you see the excitement, you hear the music, and then you see the great cars. And I think we're really shocking some people. When they're seeing the cars, they never imagine what they're seeing now. And GM made a splashy introduction of the most shocking Buick in at least a generation the high-performance Regal GS, featuring a turbocharged four-cylinder engine and an available six-speed manual transmission. This crowd of South Beach clubbers really seemed to like what they saw, which is exactly what Buick's trying to do with these Regal Remix events. It's amazing. I, I guess I'm one of the oldest guys here, but it's great. <laughs> well, it makes me feel young. <laughs> Thanks for that report, Craig. And that brings us to the end of today's report on the top news in the global automotive industry. Thanks for watching. We'll see you tomorrow.